Third and 12, Skyhawks at their 48. See if the Panthers blitz again. Neal out of the shotgun, no blitz. He's back to pass. Pressure from his left. Neal intercepted. Picked off by Coronado. He may score. He's at the 30, at the 20. Thomas Coronado will go for the touchdown for Eastern Illinois. The ball seemed to slip out of Neal's hands. It went forward about four yards right into the midsection of Thomas Coronado, and he returned it 50 yards for an Eastern Illinois touchdown. Welcome to week nine of the IU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. On this week's episode, we visit with former Eastern Illinois Pink Panthers member, Paige Cavallari, who went on to perform for several years as a member of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Paige talks about that experience and her life as the wife of an NFL player as she and husband, Jeff Heath, have been married for just over two years. Yeah, you would like to thank this week's corporate partner and restaurant of the week, PPNW Rentals and Jimmy John's. PPNW Rentals provides convenient student housing with all 15 of their properties located within three blocks of the Eastern Illinois campus. For information on their apartment and rental choices, visit ppwrentals.com. Jimmy John's, founded right here in Charleston, Illinois. Jimmy John's is your home for gourmet sandwiches with freaky fast service. Sign up for freaky fast rewards and start earning towards your next sandwich today. Download the app or join at jimmyjohns.com. In Eastern Illinois news this week, Tuesday, September 22nd was National Voter Registration Day with student athletes from Eastern Illinois registering to vote for the upcoming 2020 election. The EIU Fandemic, the athletic department's virtual fundraising event, takes place next week, September 28th to October 3rd. To learn more, visit www.eiufandemic.givesmart.com to see the more than 100 great items available. Once again, www.eiufandemic.givesmart.com. And for the latest news on EIU Panthers athletics, be sure to follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers or online at EIUPanthers.com. Now to this week's EIU Panthers podcast with Paige Cavallari. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by former EIU Pink Panther Paige Cavallari, who is now Paige Heath, as she, she told me, and we'll, we'll get into that and tell you a little bit about the, the name change and interesting story there as we go through the podcast today. So Paige, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Feels good being back with the EIU. Now, a little uh, individual story here as to how I know Paige. Paige was a Pink Panther here, of course, but Paige uh, babysat my son back in the day, and that'll Paige and I are a little bit older than we were back then, and my son is now a, a junior in high school, not to date either one of us, but um, that'll tell you that he used to, to hang around with uh, Rock and Jenny Bell and Tony's kids, and she was nice enough to babysit their four kids, and we always would throw in our son in that group as well. So a belated thank you for, for I'm sure, that aged you a, a few extra years with those five boys. Oh, my God. All I remember is um, we were allowed to play football in the house, so that it was good. It was always good, um, and so we had a blast. It was, it was awesome. Now, for Paige, one of, the, one of the interesting stories, and we did a feature on Paige um, on EIU Panthers on the written version a number of years ago, and kind of the, the feature part there was the fact that Paige became a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, and that's when you, you talk about one of those famous things people think of away from the football that's dealt, that deals with football, that, that is, in a nutshell, that, that's one of the ones that I think automatically comes to mind, and so I guess congratulations on your career with that, Paige, and 
a little bit, I guess, what got you excited to maybe go and explore that opportunity? You're not from Dallas, you're from Illinois. Yeah, um, it was, well, I think what sparked my, I mean, I've, I've been a dancer since I was five. Um, I started in ballet, so it was very classical. And then I did, you know, more of the palms and the cheer throughout high school. But the show that came on, really, I didn't know anything about NFL cheer. I just love the energy and I love football. And being on a field and, you know, the, the fans, which were parents and, um, you know, friends and stuff at first. But the show um, that they had, the making the team, was so interesting to watch. And you could see how hard it really was to make these teams. It wasn't just another you know, dance tryout, they had training camps, just like the players did. And, you know, you'd really have to, you know, watch what you ate and work out and, you know, really work on your dancing. So I, I thought the challenge of that was super interesting. And they were the best. As far as I knew, they were the best. Um, the show really kind of put them like, up on that pedestal. So I was like, I'm gonna, you know, try this. And I actually tried out for the, um, the Chicago Bulls dance team, the Lovables, okay. and I knew nothing about NFL or NBA, professional cheer at that mar at that point. So I showed up. I had like too much makeup, too you know, not the right tights, not all these like little things. And these girls were there, and it's um, intimidating but super exciting. And I made it right before the time to get to training camp. But the Cowboys had always been in my mind. I'm not a big basketball fan because I don't know the sport well enough, but I loved football and I grew up watching football with my dad. Um, so I knew it didn't make sense to leave Eastern and go try out as soon as I turned eight, you know, uh, 18 and 20 and whatever to, to kind of uproot my life to go there. But, um, you know, I moved back home after I graduated and I kind of just decided one day I had always told my parents that every summer there was this threat, like, I'm going to Dallas, I'm going to try out. It was just, it became my dream, this dream that every, as soon as I met somebody, I would tell them, like, they would know I wanted to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Um, and so one summer, I think, let's see, I joined in 2013. So I think 2012, I just was like, I'm going to work all summer. And I booked my flight to go. And I just kind of, I just went, I just went by you know, the grace of God, I just did it. So it was just, and then it kept going. I, I, you know, there were three rounds and I kept making it. It was just like this really surreal moment for me. Okay. And now you, you see from the, the athlete perspective that, you know, they play football, they play baseball, they play basketball, they go into the NBA, NFL, Major League Football. When you, when you tried out for those different teams, the Lovables you talked about, and then for the Cowboys Trillers, are those a lot of young ladies that were cheerleaders or dancers in, in college as well? Or is there a different avenue that, that a lot of those ladies came from in order to, to kind of try out for that to where maybe you were a fish out of water again? Um, there was a lot. I would say I was a fish out of water to the professional life. I had not done any research about what it was even like, but in terms of dance experience, there was everybody. There were people who had danced jazz, ballet, strictly palm, strictly cheer, which is actually very different than the title NFL, uh, NFL cheerleader or an NBA cheerleader. It's not often that we actually do cheerleading. So it's like actually NBA and NFL dancers, but um, no, there were all walks of life. And it was really exciting to meet different girls that um, had either tried out before or hadn't or were moms or 
you know, we're 18 and, you know, I was 20, gosh, 20, 21, 22. I think I was 22 at the time, but, um, I was a fish out of water to the professional route, you know, and that was really intimidating, but, um, dance wise, we had like everybody. So that was really cool. Okay. And then you talked about what kind of sparked your interest is the, the seeing the show. And I think I've seen it advertised on, I think it's on CMT, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe it's moved around to some other channels from that perspective. So you go through the tryouts. Are the tryouts, I've never seen the show. I've just, like I said, seen advertising sports. Are the tryouts like live on the show or is that kind of a reality show that's done after it? If that, if that makes sense, are they kind of, you know, concurrent with each other? Yeah, um, it's. I would say it's definitely... I mean, it's so real in the moment, but it's definitely a reality show once it like gets going, you know, it's um, like, I say, it's not like hard knocks, if that's a good example where they're like following and it's not predetermined so much. Um, this one was pretty true to the training camp where it was, that was a beast in itself where they follow the girls and you have no idea who they are and what their backgrounds are. And then you kind of get into the show and there's a, there's stories behind it. You know, you get to know the girls and, and um, where they're from and it's, it's kind of more reality on that side of it. But, um, but the work and the, the fear of making it and all that's completely concurrent with like, we don't know what's going to happen. Nothing is predetermined. They don't like choose the team based on the stories they hear. It's all talent and what you can really bring to the team. So um, it's like, a, it's a mix between reality and, true, true, true life moments. Okay. And then I know, so when you go through that and you're, you, you make the team as a rookie the first time, and then you're, you're going back through that. Is it, is it one of these things where a veteran gets a little bit of a, an extra nod or is it that everybody is at square one every year when you, when you try out for the team? Um, I, th I mean, as a veteran, you can't like ignore the fact that you knew, you know what you're getting into. Um, you know, as a rookie, you're naive to the whole process. You're naive to, what goes into it, regardless of how much you actually watch the show. Um, and you don't know everything, but as a veteran returning, um, I mean, you do skip like the first two rounds. So the first two rounds of tryouts are, uh, prelims and semis, and that's strictly for the new girls trying out. And then when you throw finals in there, that's when they actually throw the veterans in. Um, so you, you skip to that final round as a veteran, which is nice. Um, but I mean, that final round, even for a veteran, is just as nerve-wracking as the first two, even when you're a rookie, because veterans have been cut, you know, so it's it's even playing field as soon as you get to that final round. And then, so you make the team, and, and then I'm guessing at that point in time is when all of the, the pomp, and, pomp and circumstance that everybody, the general public kind of sees from there, I, I think there's a calendar, there's a TV show, stuff like that is... I guess what what was that experience like, and and maybe what was the the one memorable place maybe you got to go? I don't know if you act. I don't know if every girl goes to in in these on the calendar shoots and and trips like that. And if so, you know what was that experience like, and maybe what was a memorable, breathtaking place that that you got to go that you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah, um, we so there are a couple different things. Um, yeah, everybody that is re-auditioning, so you don't do the calendar until actually the football season is over around like February or March. And everybody who's re-auditioning as a veteran gets to go on that trip. Um, and I absolutely couldn't, I mean, I couldn't believe I was on the team, but 
then to be going to like Tulum, Mexico and um, places like that, it was like unreal that my job was taking me there. And I mean, when you just really dumb it down to, to take pictures of me, like, you know, like that's like, it's yeah. just, it was, it really was like a, a dream come true. And it was amazing to be there and with girls who share the same passion as you. I think that was like the coolest part too. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and then moments that are even crazier, like the, we got to do the red carpet. I think it was the, uh, ACMs, I believe the ACMs or CMAs, one of them, I always get them confused, but you know, we did the red carpet there and that was like another, like, whoa, like, am I here? Can I pinch myself type moment? I mean, the whole thing actually, like the whole three years I was on the team, it was uh, really, I was really grateful and it was like a pinch me moment. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was just as awesome as seeing what they did being there, like Mexico and those events. Now, during those, you mentioned three years there, the, the years you hit also happened to be years that another household name from Eastern Illinois happened to be in the backfield where number nine for the yeah. Cowboys. So what was that give you a little bit, I guess, maybe a little bit of maybe some personal pride and, and bragging rights with the other girls that, hey, the, the quote unquote star of the team is is a guy that went to school where I did. And it's this little school you've never heard of. Yeah, it was, you know, it's funny because so when um, in the first round of the prelims, everybody, you get a microphone and you introduce yourself in front of the judges for the first time. And you say a little bit about yourself real quick, but everybody's trying to have these memorable statements in the like 30 seconds that you get. So like I'm Paige Cavallari, I'm from Illinois. Um, and uh it's funny because everybody was like graduating that weekend. It was in May. And so everyone's like, I'm supposed to be graduating this weekend, blah, blah, blah. And it just hit me. I was like, I just felt like following Tony Romo again. Like I was kind of being funny. It had always been my dream. You know, I had always loved the Cowboys. So I, you know, obviously like watched him and um, I knew he came from Eastern. And so I kept saying, I was like, no, I just felt like following Tony Romo I'm from Eastern Illinois. And you know, this is what it is. But um it felt so good to say that that was our quarterback. And then I'm, you know, he gets to be our, my quarterback again. Like, you know, it's, it was, um, it was my moment that I, I did. I took a lot of pride in that and uh, you know, good things came out of Eastern, you know, not just uh, Dallas Cowboys and you know, it was fun. So yeah, I kind of rode his coattails for like two <laughs> seconds um, trying to be funny, but I really did have some pride behind it. Now, when you talk about that a little bit, I know um, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but you were talking about some of the rules before we started the podcast about how the the cheerleaders, and this is, I think, across pro sports in general, they're not allowed to really fraternize and socialize and date the, the athletes on, on the teams. And so did you ever happen to cross paths with Tony and be able to talk about that you both went to to Eastern and the fact that you both know the Bell and Tonys. I know that they are their friends with with Tony. He would have played here when when Rock and was a coach. And then, like we talked about, you you babysit the kids. <laughs> yeah, um, I did actually. I was at a um, a New Year's party at Hotel Zaza, which is in downtown Dallas. And ironically, it was the first night I hung out with my now husband. Um, but I, uh, long story short, I ended up you know seeing Tony and Jason Witten and um, I, I think Des Bryant was there too, but 
we were not supposed to fraternize, no talk. So we, we walked up, I was very quiet. I like didn't say a word, but I had, I was one of those where it was like, we have mutual friends, you know, yeah. like I am human and you know, I'm not breaking a rule where I'm not gonna like, at the moment, uh, you know, go anywhere further than this. But I was like, hey, I went to Eastern Illinois. Um, I used to babysit for the Bell and Tonys. And he was like, oh my gosh, no way. Um, I was like, he goes, oh, what brings you here? And I was like, I'm a cheerleader. And he goes, is this allowed? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not. I just had to tell you that. But we laughed about it because we're only human. And yeah. um, I really, that was all I really had to say to him. It was like literally like 20 seconds from midnight. But um, that was the first interaction. And then um, I've had many more after that with him, obviously, because of my husband and stuff. But um, he's a great guy. And it was just fun to share a moment and mutual friends because we love the Bell and Tonys. Now, we'll talk a little bit about your husband here, but before you get to that, so you're, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the, the pre-dating of your husband life mm -hmm. as, you're, if, as you're a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. When you're on a, if you were to go on a date or get set up, at what point in time does that, hey, oh, by the way, I'm a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, come up in the conversation? <laughs> with anybody? Yeah, with, with anybody, not your current husband. We're going to talk about yeah. him in a minute about how you met him, but I mean, where does that, I mean, because I know you, you work in finance right now, you, you work in banks, so that that's probably the farthest thing people would think from putting yeah. that with a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny, I really didn't date while I was, so I can't comment on how it came up in conversation, but when I was a banker, it was, uh, you know, I was proud of it, so you get to talking and um you know, like, oh, you're from Illinois. And Texas is a huge melting pot, by the way. I did not expect it. Met more people from Illinois and Michigan and all the Midwest than I thought would be there. But it really just, you know, was maybe like the second or third sentence because you're like, oh, you're from Illinois. Oh, what brought you out here? And really what brought me out there was the Cowboys. Yeah. And then I found the job. So, um, yeah, I'd say about like a minute or two in. And, you know, the excitement of actually being one, I couldn't contain it. So it's, um, it was, it was fun to talk about and, yeah. Now we talked about, we, we mentioned your husband, Jeff Heath. Jeff is uh, actually plays in the National Football League. And that's kind of where you, you alluded to a few minutes ago that you, you got to know Tony a little bit more um, and some other of the Cowboys through your relationship with, with your now husband. But you talked about you guys, you kind of met and, and you went through this, kind of had to keep it undercover in the fact that he was a player and you were a cheerleader. And we talked before we got on the podcast that how difficult that was, but you guys both kind of respected the rules that the teams had. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was kind of like, you know, if it, it wasn't worth it, we wouldn't have dated type thing. You know, we saw something special in each other and he doesn't have the rule, uh, or at least the Cowboys didn't have the, the players didn't have the rule, but the cheerleaders, you know, no fraternization. And, and I understood why I, I truly did. It's, you know, it could be a distraction. Um, you know, you don't want, anything negative to come out or anything like that. But um, we both really just respected, we, we enjoyed the company of each other and we just respected the organization. And it, it was, it wasn't so difficult. It wasn't as difficult as some might thought, you know, it, we were homebodies. We both had, I mean, he was playing and I was cheering and I had a full-time job. So we both took our roles really serious. Uh, we didn't need to shout it from the world. We didn't need to post it on social media. It was just between him and I, and um, it, it wasn't as hard as we thought. And it really, I think we helped each other. I understood his schedule more than maybe others would because I was 
I was out there on Sundays with him, you yeah. know, so it wasn't, oh, you're gone all Sunday or anything. It was, I'll see you after the game. And we were both exhausted after the game. Uh, he had practice all day. I had practice at night. So, I mean, our schedules really worked um, in that aspect. And, you know, he made me a better person and a better cheerleader because, you know, he eats healthy, he works out. I had to eat healthy and I had to work out. So like, we were really on parallel paths with that. Um, and the only thing was that we couldn't tell people. And I, I'm not a rule breaker at all. So it was very hard for me, but the fact that I was willing to break that rule, I think it just meant he was something special and, um, it, you know, obviously it was worth it. I think for you guys, you've been, been married so about two years now or coming up on two years, you have, have a, a young daughter, I think, I think you mentioned. And so, but he, you talk about how lives change. You moved to Dallas for the Cowboys. You met him, who he was playing with the Cowboys, but you know, you're never with one team forever. It's great. If you are, you, you mentioned he's now with, with the Raiders. So you guys had to move to Vegas, I guess. What was that experience like now going through that as a, a professional athlete's wife and you know, the, I don't know if he was traded or if he was cutting and picked up. I, I don't know all the specifics there, but what is, what is that emotional roller coaster like? It's um, you know, it's easy if you take the emotion out of it because it could be, it could be, I mean, just life, you know, changing whirlwind type of thing that you could really get caught up in, or you can see it as a positive. And we always try to see it that way. And, you know, he was a free agent and um, I mean, he had a, an amazing seven years with the Cowboys. So grateful for that time. I and mean, we met with the Cowboys we have some amazing friends and he had some amazing, um, you know, moments with that team. Um, and it's just kind of like the next step, you know, like almost like graduating high school and college. It's like, okay, what's next? You know, that just happened to be where he was at. And, um, you know, the Raiders were on the radar and had him on their radar. And, uh, we just saw it as a new journey, you know, a new city to get to know, um, some new friends and new teammates, new facility. I mean, we're super blessed with these new facilities that have been in our lives. Um, but yeah, we're just, uh, you know, taking it one day at a time, being super positive and, uh, that this is the career. So it's kind of letting it, you know, just following the path that they, they see for him and, and stuff. Now, how difficult that I would imagine that that normally is difficult to go through in a normal year, but this would have been the most abnormal or, or unnormal year that, that you've ever had. What was that experience like, you know, during COVID? I, I mean, I, I think previously a lot of times they fly free agents in, they want to meet you. I don't, how much of it was maybe done on a, a Zoom or a telephone call as opposed to face-to-face -face when he was in the market? Yeah, I mean, it definitely took a little bit of the, like, not, I wouldn't say fun out of it, but, you know, like, Gruden called him and, and, you know, I was taking pictures of him on the phone instead of like going to the facility and, uh, you know, signing like you normally would or, um, yeah, it just, it was kind of, you had to like, we had to create the special moment behind it because it was in our house in Texas. So it was, uh, it's been a little, like, it's been kind of almost like having a damper on things, but it's still so exciting. So we just have to, you know, lean on each other and, you know, be excited that there is still football and all this stuff. But yeah, it's been a weird year. We just, uh, we're just trying to see the good and the fun that is instead of focusing on like what we're missing and stuff. Cause obviously that's super easy to know, like, Oh, we couldn't, yeah. you know, fly out and I couldn't go to the game and stuff like that. So um, it's definitely been interesting, but 
Now, the Raiders, you mentioned not being able to go to the game. We talked about this beforehand because I kind of asked if there was a way that some rules, once again, could be, you know, bended or, or, or broken. And you mentioned that. I know the Raiders, I think, publicly have come out and said they will have no fans all year. Mm-hmm. They're kind of unveil the stadium essentially to the public in year two. So I, I guess have you have you guys been able to get like a behind-the-scenes tour and just not be able to go on games? Or is it is it closed to really everybody but – the players um we were able it is close to everybody but the players um i happen to be here i I fly back and forth from dallas to vegas um right now just to spend since covid's so weird i get to spend time with family and uh and then jeff like kind of part-time but one week i used i was here there was a family day so they had to scrimmage so we were able to go into the stadium it was beautiful um we got to tour the pro shop and you know, get some gear and stuff. And it was amazing. I mean, it was almost a tease because I knew we weren't going to go and I had a feeling the rules wouldn't be broken, you know, but um, we did get to see the stadium. It was amazing. Um, But it just makes me super excited for year two. Hopefully the whole COVID thing lifts and we can all go see, but yeah, able to go once. um, But yeah, not for the games yet. Now you mentioned you're, you're commuting back and forth from, from Dallas and Vegas. You know, of course, we didn't touch really on what actually puts, pays your bills when you were when you were a single person. Now you're as a married couple, you're still still able to you know bring in your own paycheck. There, you actually work in in the finance industry for um, you worked at one point in time for Chase and for Capital One. I think now with a Anubis Capital Payments, which is kind of a I guess they do provide credit and financing for type of companies. I guess maybe explain what you're doing in that in, in your quote unquote real career now. Uh, I'm actually not with Anubis anymore. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Uh, then. Oh no, that's okay. I, I bounce around a lot. I don't expect anyone to be able to keep up with me. I love new things. Um, and I'm always looking for like ways to better myself or learn more. Um, so since Anubis, I actually went in, I was a personal trainer. I still hold my cert, but I was a personal trainer at Cowboys fit, which is the, um, the gym that was at the Cowboys facility. So that was awesome. And then we got married. So I took some time off and then now I'm actually in business with uh, my friend and we have an interior design business. Okay. Um, and I kind of just found that we did some, you know, renovations on our house here in, in Vegas and I truly enjoyed doing that. So, um, yeah, so I've done a few different things. I'm always, you know, bouncing around, but, um, yeah, now I do interior design I'll do some training on the side still, um, fitness wise, but, um, yeah, that's what we do right now. All right. And then your degree from, from EIU is Spanish. And did it, was there a, a, a rationale behind that? You were thinking maybe wanting to do international business or things along that line. And, and I'm guessing moving to Texas and maybe even to Vegas that, you know, knowing Spanish and having that as a major, that, that probably makes you a very marketable person to be able to speak multiple languages. Yeah, it's definitely um, helped me get a lot of jobs throughout my time. Um, and I actually went to Eastern for teaching with a Spanish concentration and ended up flipping it. Um, I'm a huge believer in everything happening for a reason. And I kept trying to pass my content area exam. And around my junior year at Eastern, they limited the numbers you could take it. I'm a horrible test taker. I think I have anxiety. I'm not sure, but I didn't pass my, my content exam. And I think it was just, you know, everything happens for a reason. So I kind of flipped gears, um, which it was a really good thing. Cause I've switched 
careers multiple times, but, um, I went into just Spanish and I wasn't even sure what I wanted to do with it, but I knew I wanted to be speaking Spanish for the rest of my life. Um, and it worked out really well. I got my banking job because I could speak. Um, and I used it so much in Illinois and then coming to Texas, same thing. I, you know, got back into banking and did that. And then when I was actually on calendar shoots with the cheerleaders, uh, always speaking Spanish when we were in Mexico. So it was really fun to be able to, um, just continue to use it in different like areas of my life and my careers. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really have an idea of what, how I wanted to use it, but all I remember is the counselor telling me you could go anywhere with this. And I loved that. So I think it really worked out that I didn't limit myself to teaching, but, um, Spanish kind of opened my eyes to everything. Okay. And now you, like you said, you're kind of right now commuting back and forth with your doing your, your interior design business in Dallas and then living with your, your husband and your, your daughter in Vegas, I guess thing that maybe since you've been in Vegas for a short amount of time, thing that, that you liked most about Vegas, I don't know with the COVID, how much you guys have actually been able to, to get out and, and explore and maybe thing you, that you like most. And then maybe thing that isn't, full open yet that you're looking forward to being able to get to do once things get back to normal? Yeah. Um, well, I can say I was so excited when he signed with the Raiders. Um, and it was, I mean, the COVID was well upon us at this point, but I was so excited for date nights because there's so many restaurants out here. Yeah. Um, and so um, we've still been able to do them. Obviously there's just limitations and everyone's, you know, taking um, proper, proper precautions and stuff. We don't go off out as much as we thought we would be. Um, we actually never go out maybe once, <laughs> once every so often, but um, I'm truly looking forward to the restaurants that are out here. Um, and there's not really, uh, the heat is the one thing. It's so different than Texas. That would probably be the one thing that I was like, I could do without. Okay. Is, um, <laughs> the heat that comes with it but there's no humidity so there's the positive in that now you're able to you guys lived in dallas for, for a number of years you lived there by yourself for a number of years and then with your husband what is maybe one of the two things that you kind of miss about living in in dallas now that that you guys probably have, have moved out of there maybe forever um well i think dallas will be our home base we ended up loving it more than we thought um and we're both from the Midwest, Illinois and Michigan. Okay. Um, and it's funny because we both, we joke, we, every time we like go to a store, we go straight to the jackets and the boots. Like how we're in Texas is just beyond me and how we're yeah. loving it so much because we love the cold weather and the snow and stuff like that. But um, I think Texas will end up being home base for us. Uh, I mean, you never know, but um, we, we love that we're outside all year in Texas. Um, it gets a little hot, you know, right around June, July and August, even now, but, um, you know, we end up spending Thanksgiving and Christmas outside or, you know, cause it'll just be getting cold. So we, uh, really appreciate that about Texas and we're, we love being outside. So that's a huge plus. I know it's been a few years since, since you, you danced at, at EIU and went to school here at EIU, but kind of maybe a, a favorite memory or two from, from your time here at at Eastern, I know those things, whether it's as a Pink Panther or just as a regular student. Um, I mean, I just love, I loved Eastern. It was, it's so big and small at the same time to me. I had a big school feel because it wasn't just all down one row or so. I mean, that's just how I felt, you know, I was walking to all the buildings and um, 
my, I mean, my favorite was football games, obviously it's just who I am, but I loved being on that field and, um, uh, and, and I loved, I was, you know, coach for Sig Pi for the air band. Like there were just so many good memories. It's hard to really like narrow down one. I just, I had a great, great, you know, four years at Eastern and, um, the memories made there are just like, they'll, I'll never forget them, but I just loved being on campus and the football games and stuff. Well, we appreciate you taking time here today, Paige. It was great catching up with you and talking about some of your experiences with the, the Cowboys and then as a uh, now NFL player's wife and some of the other adventures you guys have been up to since you've left Eastern. So once yeah. again, thanks again for joining us here on the EIU Panthers podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>